Trinity is probably the most difficult uh, doctrine in the Bible. The word Trinity is never used in the Bible. And so people say, hey, uh, there's not even, the word's not even used. Uh, what are you talking about? And so uh, let me begin with some deductive statements here, and we'll try to unpackage them. And that's why write down, if there's something you don't understand, on the Q&A, don't be embarrassed. If you've got the question, there'll be many more that have it. Uh, feel free. If I have to get somebody to use a roving mic to help you out, we will. Uh, thank, uh, it's a little bit harder this way, but we're in class, okay? I'm not here to preach. I did that this morning. Uh, and if you have the Holy Spirit and I have the Holy Spirit, I'm convinced that you don't have to go to seminary to know the Bible. But the guys that went to seminary ought to teach you the Bible. And so we don't put them down. They pay a price to bring the food to you, and you don't even pay tuition. We just hope you show up. And so, uh, thank, a matter of fact, Dave or Toddles uh, just started two weeks at Dallas, and I think Paul will be starting a week at Southern Seminary. You got young men working on their doctorate. Uh, what a wonderful thing to see God just keep giving these men the hunger to go on. A lot of work. Hold them up in prayer. And watch out for Meredith because she'll be having a ball. He'll be gone for two <laughs> weeks. No. Uh, let's see here. Uh, look at a definition. Susie gave me this uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, she always tries to, you know, improve what I say. And so... Uh, I've included it, the Trinity defined. Within the one being that is God, there exists eternally three co-equal and co-eternal persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, are we able to bring up PowerPoint? Okay, well, come tell me these things. Okay, so now this is really important. We were looking at this last time. When we talk about God's oneness, what are we talking about? His essence, attributes, and nature. The Bible says there's one God. And when we talk about oneness, it's always one set of attributes, uh, a divine nature. When we talk about Trinity, we're saying this is equally shared by three persons, okay? Three persons. Now, so the, it's not double talk to us. Once we understand when I'm talking oneness, I'm talking who he is, uh, what he's made of. God is spirit, and God can do certain things. Well, as we read the Bible, you get to finding out there's someone called Father, normally just God. If it's God, without any qualifier, it's usually the Father. And we've got one called the Son, and the Spirit, and they seem to be able to, to do the same things. So they have the same abilities. They have the same nature. They share the one essence that is God. So we will fight for God's unity. There's one God. Is that right? Yes. There is. Manifested in three persons. Okay. Uh, that's a, there you go with that double talk. No, no, no. No. Uh, there's only one one flesh in this house, and she's over there, and I'm over here. 
And we can understand that. In marriage, we're one, yet we're two distinct people. And he used this way in Scripture uh, many times. Hebrews used compound unity. That's all we're saying about the Trinity. It's a compound unity. One spirit, one set of attributes, one divine nature, shared equally, no less in any other person of a Godhead. Now, let's bring up some false views. Uh, if you, uh, one more. I think we have a false view. There we go. These are the things that people get mixed up on Trinity. And uh, this first one, Unitarianism. Uh, and that started with a guy by the name of Socinius. And uh, he took a Unitarian view of God that says only the Father, as we would know him, only he is deity. The Son is a creature, a nice man, but not God. Uh, and the spirit is a force or an influence, and that's Unitarianism. So uh, uh, let's see. Well, you've got the Unity Church. You go different places. Uh, Scientology is very much that way. Uh, Christian science, uh, that way. The son is just a nice guy, but he's certainly not God. Only There's only one God. And these other two persons play roles. The Holy Spirit's not even a person. He's just an influence. And doesn't have a personality at all. So that's Unitarianism. Then you come to uh, uh, Sabellianism, modalistic Sabellianism, named after a Spanish heretic named Sabellius, uh, who was burned at the stake, by the way. I would know that was Servitus. But Sabellius, uh, was a guy that said God has different modes of expression. So there's only really one person, but he wears different masks. And in the Old Testament, he wore the mask of God or God the Father. You don't see a lot of God the Father in the Old Testament. It's usually just God. So he wears a mode of existence. You come over here to the New Testament, he puts on a different mask. Not a different person, same person, but now he changes his mask. And now he's the son. And then in the church age, he changes mask and he's playing the role of the Holy Spirit. So they have one person playing three different roles. So they deny that there are distinct persons. Just one God that goes under different names and plays out different characters. Uh, I believe it was... Uh, Oh, it was defeated in the 4th century. Uh, there's another thing that came up in the 4th century. Remember this name, Arianism. Do you know what Arianism is? Anybody know that term? Okay. And Manny doesn't count because he's going to seminary. And then uh, Matt better know it. Arius uh, is the uh, uh, basically founder of Jehovah's Witnesses insofar as Christ was a created being. So it's, when you read theologies, Arianism, 4th century A.D. is when it came. Christ could not be a co-equal. He had to be a created being. And they would read terms like begotten 
firstborn. Ah, he was born. And so they, big debate over that. Then what you get, especially like Muslims, and uh, it'd be primarily the Muslims, they attack us and say, you worship three gods. Uh, you're really idolaters, is what they would say, because you've got three gods out there. And they would see three different, they would see nothing that unified them that makes them one. Where's the oneness? And so we're not tritheist. We see one God, and that is shared by three divine persons. Does that make sense? Uh, we need to ask them in process. Anybody got a question about that? No, no, no. Uh, that's an ethnic racial thing. Yeah, uh, A-R-Y, A-N. That's the ethnic thing. This one is A-R-I-A-N. Aryan, and then ism, A-R-I-A-N. The other is just uh, ethnic superiority and hate. Okay? All right, I will get, go ahead, and then we'll get Matt. It's $5 a question. You said Arianism, repeat that again. They believe that they are three persons? They don't believe no. the Holy Spirit? No, they believe the Son, they believe the Son was created. God the Son had a beginning, that he's not eternal. An influence, an influence. An influence, okay. But they insist that Christ is a creature, that he had a beginning, and that God actually, he was the first thing God created. And so that's what Jehovah's Witnesses are popular. There's other groups that have been Aryan, but the Jehovah's Witnesses are the most popular. Of course, they have other aberrations, but that one is the big one that they'll fight with you. We don't, we'll call him a God, but he can't be co-equal with God. And it came from a fourth century heresy, Arianism. Yeah, what about Old Testament Judaism? Did they, uh, did they recognize the Holy Spirit as, as deity as well? Or? Well, uh, I would think they would. I'm, that I'm not clear. I would think they did. Yeah, uh, the big problem was whether the Messiah had to be something above just ordinary human being, but they sure did not accept Christ's equality. And Judaism would be like uh, Muslims. There's one God, no such thing as Trinity. But they do have to explain who's this one, the spirit brooded on the waters, who's he? And, uh, but they sure are not Trinitarian. Uh, they're, they're what you call monotheistic. But we're monotheistic. We believe in one God manifested in three persons. And so we believe in tri-unity. That's what Trinity is, tri-unity. Um, let's uh, read some things here to get you confused. Yes, this is it. After this, I'm not even into the notes. Go ahead. You can make it quick. Oneness Pentecostals, are they Sabellianism? Uh, what was that? Oneness Pentecostals. Uh, yeah, uh, they would basically be modalistic Sabellians uh, in that sense that God plays different roles, but it's always Jesus, Jesus only. Acts 2.38, you've got to baptize them in the name of Jesus. They won't baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They think Acts 2.38 is the only formula. Just use Jesus, and you've said everything there is.
And yeah, uh, T.D. Jakes, that's his background. He grew up uh, as oneness. And he's never uh, denounced that. that. That's a part of his training. Uh, according to the scriptures, some definitions. According to the scriptures, God is one in essence, yet three persons. God as God is one in a different way than he is three. Does that, does that sound like double talk? God as God is one in a different way than he's three. Uh, I've used the illustration out of Genesis. And the morning and the evening were the first day. If I ask you, does the day come in two parts? Well, there in Genesis it does. It comes morning and evening. How many days is it? It's a compound unity. There's parts, but one. Uh, uh, the two shall become one flesh. Example. Uh, and, of course, the Hebrews had a word they used for compound unity. Uh, two different words. One was yakad, one was yakid. And they had a word for God, our God is one, Deuteronomy 6.4. But the word one there leaves room for compound unity. They didn't know it. They didn't see it because this is a thing that progressively was revealed as it went on. Because see, Judaism was planted among polytheists. There were no atheists in Canaan. They had more gods than they had trees. Huh? All kinds of gods. The big revelation God gave to Abraham, there's one God, not a moon God, not a sun God, uh, not a fertility God, not a land God. There's one God. And that was the great revelation he made in the Old Testament when paganism were, were inventing gods every day. It's kind of like Hinduism. They don't know how many gods they have. They got a God for everything. So we go down here. Uh, the one infinite spirit, which is God, is shared simultaneously and equally by three persons, should be a plural. Athanasian Creed, famous. We worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. What that means is we don't mix up the persons. They're distinct. And if one person is said to do it, it didn't mean the other person did it necessarily. They're distinct. Father, son. And I, I always pick on uh, the sloppiness that I, I'm afraid many Christians have lost Trinitarianism. They've lost the idea that there are three who are God and they each have distinct functions. I can't thank the Father for dying for me. He didn't do it. Right? And... and uh, and I'm amazed, at, at, and I've done it plenty of times. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we want, Jesus, when you pray, use my name to go to the Father. Go to the Father through prepositional prayer. Go to the Father through the Son by means of the Holy Spirit. So the whole Trinity is involved in my prayer life. So use the name Jesus Blame Jesus. He said, go to the Father, right? So, and you're getting prayer meetings, Jesus, Jesus, I want you, Jesus, do, Jesus. Why don't you hush and just obey the word? And, and don't think you're going to be heard because you say a lot of words. Now, some of you don't say anything, so you're not in any trouble. But 
You won't be heard because you got a big vocabulary. You get heard because you come through the Son to the Father. What a privilege. Well, tritheism, uh, we mentioned that to you. Uh, monarchianism, it comes in different forms like Sibelius. Uh, just do that for evening reading. Uh, Arianism, uh, Jesus is the highest created thing God made, but he was created, which is false. Uh, John once said he was the one involved in the creation. By him was all things made that was made. So he's a creator, not a creature. Okay? Now, five important statements about the Trinity, and then we'll take a little test among ourselves. Uh, number one, there can be no subordination as to essential being of one person of the Godhead to another. What did we just say? We said this, since all the Trinity share the same substance, the same attributes, insofar as essential being, there is no less God with any person. They all hold the equal substance of being God. The Spirit is not less God than Jesus, and Jesus is not less God than the Father. They share equally the substance that's called God, spirit that acts a certain way, that is simple, unified, eternal, uh, immutable. They all share that none of them, you don't have a hierarchy of God, Father, Son, Spirit. No, keep them on the same level. They are all co-equally God. That's what that says. The subordination is only in respect to order and in relationship to creation. There is subordination among the members of the Trinity, but it's not over their essential being. Their essence, they're always one. But in their roles with each other, they have modeled how equals subordinate themselves to each other. The Son submits to the Father. The Spirit submits to the Son and the Father. The Father never submits to the Son or the Spirit. You have equality with what we call economical differences, household arrangement. The Trinity uh, is distinct in that they have modeled to us what equals can relate, and they've never had an argument. They've never, they've never differed. They've never competed for who has the most say. And he said in Ephesians, the Trinity is the model by which all family life on earth and in heaven takes its uh, template. This is how it's supposed to work. Sin has come to us, and the battle is always who's in charge, who's in charge. You're not telling me what to do. I'm as good as you. I'm better than you. Where'd all that come from? Sin. Sin makes you competitive, rivalry. I'm prettier than you. I've got the right skin color. I've got the right, oh, where'd you get all that? Sin, sin. And God is this perfect model of family life. And guess what? Where does he reach in to teach us how to get along in marriage? He takes the Godhead 
and none of them have ever been married as the model of how marriage ought to go. God the Son is the model husband. And I want to say, but Jesus, you never live with a woman like I live with. And he says, I live with you, and you're the bride. Wait, wait, you mean I'm the female side of the equation? Right. You're the church. You're the woman in the relationship with me. So be sure you're good to the woman you're with because you're my woman. I'm Jesus' woman. You men can't take that, can you? That's right. You aren't the husband in the relationship. The church is called the bride of Christ. I can't imagine you guys wearing a veil, but you know what? You're still the bride. The relationships change. And so he says, treat her like I'm treating you. And isn't that what he says in Ephesians? I'm not asking you to do anything for her that I haven't done for my bride, you. I don't like the model. I, I didn't ask you for it. It, it comes out of, and so then, uh, us men get to respond to Christ like we keep telling our wives to respond. He's been telling you to submit to him for years. And you've given up, and now you tell her to submit. She's saying, why don't you shut up and just model it? Show me how it works. Could you show me how to submit? I'm in charge. Well, are you in charge of Jesus? I thought he was the husband in the relationship. Could you submit to him? And I love to follow a man that's following Christ. Show me how it's done. But it's a lot easier to command others to do what you don't want to do. Christ said, I am the ideal husband. And I never had sex with this bride. I never will. Because you see, my kind of love is a lot higher than sex, physical, external beauty. I loved you when you were ugly. I loved you when you weren't looking for me. I loved you at your worst. And you're over here saying, baby, you better not get fat. I'll get me another woman. He said, I loved you when you were plenty fat. You were lost. You were blind. I, I know Christian men threaten their wife just over weight. He says, and you're supposed to be a Christian husband? She's got to keep a figure to keep your attention? What if she comes down with Alzheimer's? What if she comes down? Are you out that door the moment she gets sick? I want to throw up. Say you're a pagan, but don't say you're a Christian. Because Christ is the model. Christ is the model. And that's why every guy is humbled about being a husband. Never met up to the model yet. I'm just glad I've got a Christian wife. She does a better job at submitting than I do of sacrificial loving. So I have no stones to throw at any gender. Say, oh, Lord, help me. Do my part. You can only do it with divine help. He said, you better get spirit-filled before you try this because you can't pull it off in your own strength. You're too big of an egomaniac. You want the attention and the power. Everybody wants the power. And God said, I've got the power monopoly. I want you to follow. I want you to submit. This has nothing to do with Trinity, but it's a good illustration. Okay. You never know what's going to come out. Come on out, folks. Let's keep on. Number three, number four, this is convicting. Let's move on. Certain personal operations are not performed by the three persons jointly. 
but by individual persons exclusively. What that is saying, Christ alone went to the cross. Not all three members, Christ alone. So each did distinct things, and we can say that person did it without having to attribute it to the whole Trinity. Okay? Now, they're, they're joint partners. They all participated in creation, in the incarnation, uh, in the coming of Scripture. The, you'll see all three members involved, but they can do things distinctly. Uh, the oneness of the essence explains the fact that while the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as respect to their personality, are distinct subsistences, there is intercommunion of persons and an eminence. They penetrate one divine person in another, which permits the peculiar work of one to be ascribed with limitation to either of the other and manifestation of one to be the manifestation of the other. I'll leave that there. You have to read John 14 through 17 to see this illustrated. How the Son and the Father interpenetrate each other. That it, I liken it to a microwave oven, that this radiance that I and the Son are one, and He's in me. Make them one, Father, as we are one. They are so uh, penetrating of one another, so loving to one another, so one uh, that it, it's just, there's nothing that I know that's like it. Uh, it it's on a, that's why no men didn't invent the doctrine of the Trinity. No man could invent this. We don't have anything in, in uh, all of humanity and creation that even comes close to it. Now, uh, this is what we want you to do. I want you to take, um, let's take, uh, it's quarter till. Uh, I want you to break up in groups, uh, women with women, men with men, because see, the man doesn't like to be with the women because she may have the answer and she'll have to be quiet. <laughs>